0: Welcome to Faith Walking Conversations. In this episode, Marcos Leon and a group of Faith Walkers share a time of meditation and learning about practices that can nurture your soul. This week they focus on the topic Soul Identity. The soul needs to find its identity in God. This conversation was originally recorded in September of 2020. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.fitwalking.us Join this conversation. Welcome to our conversations about meditations and practices that can nurture our souls we meet every monday and uh, explore different topics around this um do some practice together uh, of being still and and we are in our fifth conversation now of uh, of the series uh, about soul identity right we have explored different aspects of soul identity you know this paradox of uh, Finding our identity in, in in knowing God and in knowing self. Uh, somehow this is part of a, of a whole. It, it's not that kind of a only God, only me. We need both, and we have explored what what do we mean when we say knowing God? What do we mean when we say talking about uh, self? And and we have uh, we had a conversation last. Last week about unmasking the false self. In my experience, it's a tough conversation. is a tough conversation to have with myself. You know, nobody wants to <laughs> has to face the their own self. I know very very few people who get in gathering and say, "Let's talk about our brokenness in, in a in a healthy way." You know, in a, in a curious way, not not condemning, not uh, not fierce uh, way, but in a in a healthy way. If I can make a little bit of a of, of a um, uh, promote, but uh, beyond feet walking, there are very 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 few spaces that I uh, experience that. So, before we start talking about uh, our identity, uh, finding our identity in God, I would love to hear a little bit of your comments, especially after our conversation last last week, unmasking our false self. This is. Would you unmute and share? How is that going for you? What, whatever that is, a staying uh, for you. Go ahead, Brenna. Um,
1: I can think of a little joke that's going around, like on Facebook and different groups, and it goes like this: It says, "Why, why, why are people having trouble wearing a mask? Because we've been wearing a mask anyway, meaning, you know." We not we have been showing our true self. We've been hiding behind whatever it is, and so um, so when I read that, it's like you said, it's kind of funny, but it, it's really true. Um, and even our conversation about unmasking me, like you said, looking at the um, mirror and seeing the part that you really don't want to see. But I've I've learned that God is showing it to me. He's exposing it to me. Because he's working on me, I can I cannot continue to be like I was, and then um, and be ambassador to him not not in the condition I was in. But at the time, I didn't know that. <laughs> but now he's exposed some some really uh, deep things that um, that didn't look good, and so and I, I thank him for it now. And it, but it's still an ongoing process. <laughs>
0: yes yeah what a what a great to put it Bernal and thank you for mm-hmm. for saying uh but yeah we have been wearing a mask that's a great uh, picture of mm-hmm. of the false self which is a mask right mm-hmm. and, and uh and what i hear in what you share is is that yes i mean it's, it's hard right but but i don't hear a, a distress or so more than distress i don't i don't hear condemnation so this is not god pointing at you and saying oh i cannot believe it Bernell, you're still doing that <laughs> or whatever it is right yeah. Yeah. I, I would say it's the yeah. grace of god right god is showing me yeah.
1: mm-hmm. he's teaching me to forgive myself um, because a lot of times I brought back up you know what I did wrong and, um, and just be again about it after after I have given it to God <laughs> you know and apologized to the person or whatever and then I turned around and a week later I would beat myself all over again about the same thing. So uh, the scripture said that no condemnation so I'm learning to, um, to forgive myself. And that—that—that that, that, I think that's kind of the greatest task for me right now. It's me beating up me. Yeah. And God is not doing that to me. You know? yeah.
0: That's great, Renelle. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's great. Somebody else, how was your experience?
1: For me, it's just more of a continued exercise in... Allowing myself to be vulnerable
0: mm-hmm.
1: and to feel vulnerable. That's a lot of times where my obstacles come up. Um, I don't know. I guess just that that whole vulnerability feeling and not being sure if I'm going to be wounded or rewounded or, you know, accepted with love. Um, That sort of thing. But it gets back into your. I was sharing with Laura, the scripture today was so good. um, Just about, you know, just trusting God and to trust in Jesus, trust in the Holy Spirit, and and to rest in that.
0: Yeah, Chris, thank you. You voice, I think, the, the reality for many of us, you know, is vulnerability. We're attracted to it. There's something in, in us that longs to be vulnerable. But there is something in us that it is, uh, I'm not sure if I can, right? Because being vulnerable has the the potential, the, the risk of being wounded. and Nobody wants to be wounded. That's a great point. And, and in a way, your false self and my false self are nothing but that human effort, a human mask to try to protect ourselves, not to be wounded, not to be hurt seeing my false self that way, I call it little self I refer to it like like a little kid, I don't want to diminish the impact of <laughs> the, 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 my false self, but it allows me to remember that it's just trying to protect itself, a little wounded kid and I have to honor myself. I cannot go and say, "Okay, I'm gonna be completely vulnerable." You know, kind of write all my deepest secrets, secrets in the newspaper, or something like that. No, God honors me, and He teaches me to honor myself. But there is a step and a step forward that I keep going, and I try a little bit more. And in that extra step beyond that comfort zone of vulnerability, sometimes there is healing. And and God is patient, and God waits, and healing is a promise, so I love it. thank you, thank you for sharing Trish, and uh, I think at the end uh, or at the bottom of our false self there is also this uh, we, we talked about last week there is this, uh, I would say existential, it is false self right, but it seems existential uh, lack of trust you know we, we lack of trust we, we, we are not sure that God will protect us in that or God will provide in there you know it is there, God is or will satisfy us there one version of those and we don't wake up thinking that way but uh, functionally it is our little self reasoning saying yes, God is all that you want Marco, I get it but I'm not sure if he can protect you there Or um, you see that is false self voice mm-hmm. and there is no judgment or condemnation The love of God is not at stake. Yet, the call of God is as clear as that too, as real as that too. Jesus keeps uh, calling us and saying, follow me here to the true self, to the vulnerability, to the trust. Thank you. Thank you very much for bringing us back into this conversation. Okay, let's, uh, (laughs) let me, share my screen and let me go with the with the content of today uh or or the, the the topic is all identity but today we want to explore this idea that the soul needs to find its identity in god okay so we need to find who we are in god so starting with david benner he is, has been the context has helping us navigate this conversation. He writes, There is an alternative to the false self. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Good news. There's an alternative to the false self. Once you start seeing your false self, by the way, this is the work of awareness, right? We cannot stop but seeing the false self, right? And he's like, oh my gosh, it's everywhere. But... He, he encourages and says there is an alternative to the false self and it takes less energy and work. The way of being that is based on our life in Christ is a way of truth that leads to our vocation and to our deepest possible fulfillment. So here you go. So David Venner is voicing a promise in which my false self responds and saying there is no way. <laughs> what is the catch or I don't believe that right because of that mistrust but but David Bennett is saying hey being yourself the, the, the self that God intended for you to be is actually an alternative you choose it is a choice and it is easier <laughs> less work you don't have to be wearing that mask all the time you can just show up as you are less burden." And beyond that, says actually it will lead you to a vocation, truth, truth, and fulfillment. Hmm. Who doesn't want that, right? Who doesn't want that? And it sounds a lot like God. God will create the intention of God in us. It will be towards good, right? Because he is good and offers good things. So let's explore a bit this, this idea. So first... When we talk about finding our identity in God. I will put it this way too. We're talking about awakening to an identity that is already given. And this is a bit more complex than just saying it is yours and period. Just believe it. <laughs> it's more complex than that. But it is true that it is an awakening. It is a, oh, I didn't know that I didn't know kind of moment. Oh. I never really considered this way that it was already given, and uh, that I have to, to see it, open my eyes and see it, right? So, a, a bit of a context in Scripture, Colossians three one through four. There are several passages that you can find, and I am just going to talk this one. Kind of talk about this one. Colossians, Paul writes, "Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights." on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God, and with Christ, who is your life, is revealed to, to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. And, and there's a lot in this passage, I want to point to to a couple ideas. That first, uh, if you are in Christ, and we are, we know that that is the essence of our identity, imperfectly, but I am in Christ, right? What Paul is encouraging us is think of of this intention of God, think of of God's plans, you know, and and consider that your life is hidden with Christ, that that is 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 kind of is going to be revealed. And when that is revealed, your full life will be revealed. Now, let me tell you how I have taken this, this passage before and how I'm taking it in the context of my false self and true self. In the past, and this is not incorrect at all, it is just a different sort of uh, interpretation or, 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 or take, taking this passage. I have taken this, pa- this passage in the, in the passing one in a, in, a, in, a, in a way that is more dualistic, you know, okay, only think of, of things of heaven and not things of earth. I'm only going to be thinking of kind of, cannabis, you know, heaven and the scriptures. I'm not going to be thinking at all about the things of earth. I have been dualistic in that way and created separation that, to be honest, has not been very helpful for me because I still have to pay bills and I still have to take care of my kids and I still have to deal with pandemics in 2020 right? I cannot sort of go to the I'm just exaggerate, okay? Go to the top of a mountain and just think of of, of God. I I even think that is what I see in Jesus Christ. He was incarnated and he was eating and and walking and talking and, and struggling, if you want, in life. But his center was in his identity with God. That is the way that I'm taking this passage right now. Does it make sense? This is not about separating completely. This is about finding what is the deepest anchor for my soul. My identity is not what I see in the mirror, the meanings that I make of myself when I see myself in the mirror. My identity is focused in what God is saying about me. You see, that is one of the elements. Another way in which I have taken in this passage in the past is that when Jesus is revealed to the whole world, you know, and, and I have taken that in the context, okay, when Jesus comes back, right? In the future, I mean, not now, but in the future. And there is an element that, that is not incorrect. But as I think of my identity, I have been learning to see this as in this circumstance that I'm living. There is a struggle and... Sometimes, I, I say that about other uh, struggles in my life, in other circumstances, there are moments in which I see Christ reveal in that circumstance. It's like, boom, suddenly the clarity of what Christ is wanting me to do, wanting me to see. The revelation of Christ in the struggle right now. You think of a relationship. Think of, of, a, of a struggle. And, and ah, we struggle, we struggle, we pray, we pray, but suddenly we find this moment of clarity, in which God brings a sense of guidance, a sense of peace, and we move forward. I bet you have experiences like that. So I see it not only when Christ comes back, but in this struggle today, You know, I can talk about being the father of four now, little ones here. and There's a struggle until I have to adapt to the new life and and to the rhythms of sleep and all of that. And, And I get very, I can get very frustrated and very tired. I don't know how to do it. And, you know, that's real life. But I keep seeking and waiting for God. And suddenly Christ in some moment gives me the strength, the patience, the love the wisdom to move forward. So you see, that is the Christ being revealed to the whole world. And then my identity, my true identity is revealed. Anyway, I'm sharing with you some level of personal interpretation. Now, talking about finding our identity in God, I will say is awakened to believe that I am the intention of God for me. God's intention. I am really that. I don't need to... To, to wait to something to convince me that I need to awaken to believe. This is faith. I am who God says I am. <laughs> that is hard. You know, we, I believe a lot of other voices, but in one way, I need to awake to believe that. And another way, I need to awaken, to be awakened, to see the glimpses of this identity in my life. So, you see your false self. I, I Pray that you will have eyes also to see your true self. The moments in which, not often, but now and then, God allows you to see the glimpse of your desire for him, the glimpses of your love for others, the glimpses of your patience and your kindness and the fruit of this thing, in the uniqueness of what has given to you. Anyway, so finding our identity in God, in a way, is awakening to this identity that has been already given in Christ. In another way is also to believe that I am becoming my true self. Can you, the destiny is secure. I am becoming who God wants me to be. There's no way out. I just need to collaborate with that. Let myself be taken into this transformation. I, I usually say this in the context of Faith Walking, right? I can see or I can tell you about the Marcos of the past, the self of the past, my first formation and all the stuff that you that you, we struggled, right? The self of the past. And I can also talk about the self of the present, Marcos today, and the struggles I'm dealing with today and, and the positives and the negatives are... I'm not there yet, but I'm willing to go on. Uh, I'm struggling. You see, it's different than talking of the past. I'm talking of the present. But then I can also tell you about the Marcos of the future. And this is powerful for me. And in the future, I have to believe that God is doing in me what he wants to do. I'm producing in me what he only can produce. What is the Marcos of the future? What is the intention of God that will be revealed over the years? as i let god form his character in me it becomes the vision of 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 that hope that god will develop in me what he wants to see you see so my identity doesn't only has to to face i call it the 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 push the push of my false self. I have to be aware of my false self and all the, the impact of my false self in, in the present. But I need a pull, the pull from this hope that is given from God. That pulls me. The, the false self pushes, make, makes me push into this world. But the hope of, of God's uh, formation in me actually pulls me into this. I don't know if it makes sense, but this is the essence of finding identity you know you need push and you need pull and you need a context that is truth in the scripture let me go to to this next point uh, briefly so finding an identity uh, in god is this alternative that david benner is talking about right the alternative to the false self okay the true self is who in reality you are and who you are becoming so that that's a statement of faith the true self is the truest thing that i can say about yourself you say no but you really can say you you didn't see me last night when i lost my temper (laughs) that is the truest thing well yeah that is true but the truest thing that i can say is that the intention of god in you is real and alive today and you are becoming that especially if you are participating in these kind of conversations if not, you will be doing anything else, right? The true self is your total self as you were created by God and as you are being redeemed in Christ. It is the image of God that you are, the unique face of God that has been set aside from eternity for you. Oh, tell me, this is not powerful. There is something in my soul that bears wisdom and say yes, this uniqueness. Uh, uh, Franciscan theologian John Danis Scotus talks about thisness, thisness, like this or that, <laughs> thisness is, is the uniqueness of something. You have that, like every every leaf of a tree is unique. Every they say that every um, snowflake is unique, and every one of us is unique. And in that intention. God is revealed and God is glorified when you are you, your true self. So I don't have to pretend to be something different. I don't need to be Mother Teresa or, or whoever it is that I admire. I just let God allow me to become my true self and be myself. This is a helpful tool. I'm just going to read. Uh, this is David's banner, a helpful kind of comparison, alternative between true self and false self, bringing clarity about this, okay? So in the false self, (laughs) security and significance are achieved by what we have, by what we can do, and what others think of us, false self. In true self, security and significance are achieved by being deeply loved by God. And I don't know, you don't have to do anything to be deeply loved. You see the difference. In the false self, happiness is sought in autonomy from God and in the attachments of life. Autonomy from God is not that, okay, I want to be uh, autonomous from God, but we have this illusion that we are separated. Okay, I'm going to pray so I can watch Netflix after. You see, my happiness is in Netflix after sometimes. And that is, you know, there is a happiness that is apart from God. I'm looking. That's false self. True self, fulfillment is found in surrender to God and living our vocation. And we can see that in Jesus, surrendering to the will of God and fulfilling purpose. In the false self, identity is our idealized self, who we want others to think we are. It's an illusion. It's, It's our best idea of who we should be. In the true self, identity is actually who we are and who we are becoming in Christ that is a lot of possibility and space there in the false self the identity is achieved by means of pretense and practice we pretend to be strong how are you? fine (laughs) and we don't do this with malice Okay, remember you are just protecting yourself true self identity is received as a gift with gratitude and surrender False self, identity is maintained by effort and control. You have to work at it. You have to keep your house clean. (laughs) True self, identity is maintained by grace. I am held by the grace of God. And the moment that nothing else sustains, if, if God stops loving me, there's nothing. There's no me. But I'm here, therefore he still loves me. And that becomes my identity. False self. Identity embraces an illusion as a means of attempting to become God. That is the the way that David Banner put it. You know, we're trying to become another God. In the the true self, uh, identity embraces reality in this moment as it is as a place of meeting and being transformed by God. So basically the, the false self, I live illusions and meanings that are just whatever meanings I choose to make. In the true self, we are choosing to seek what is real. And we breathe, and every breath is real, because I find God in every breath, and every encounter, and every person, and every tear, or, or any celebration. So there you have, this is kind of the alternative, okay? The alternative of true self and the alternative of false self. And that's what we're seeking. That is what we, what we are finding in God. Third point, finding an identity in God is, uh, is something that impacts our vocation. So the identity that we find in God is going to impact our vocation. And I'm, I'm going to use the word vocation here in in a deeper sense, uh, what we are called to be. You know, I don't want to use the word calling because it sounds only kind of religious or vocation. is more like, you know, who, who I am. What is really uh, what God made me to be? David Venner says, identity is not a static it's not something that you get now, and that's it. You know, next, let's talk about something else. Identity actually is dynamic. It always gives direction to how we live our life. The discovery of our true self does not simply produce freedom. Thank you for that. But it also generates vocation. I used to say, the best gift after salvation, everyone, is purpose purpose it's not about being saved and let's wait until this life ends so I can be with Christ and there's a longing for that but but what is what you want me here for you know like the echo of Isaiah 6 you know after the revelation of the glory of God and my own self uh, brokenness in the prophet in this vision he hears this whisper of God saying who shall I send and there is this soul that yeah, send me, choose me, send me. So this is what we're talking about. The vocation that comes deeply into that intention, that purpose that God has given us. David Benner says that we are called, three things, uh, we're called to be fully human. <laughs> and I love that beginning. I'm not called to be full, only in the spirit right now. I will be dishonoring the body that God gave me today. I need to be fully human. Jesus became fully human. And there's something that reflects God when we find somebody who is fully human, don't we? That embraces this, this given reality. We're also called to be followers of Christ, of course. Followers of Christ. And that's a lot more than just a set of beliefs, right? Following Christ is actually going <laughs> to where Christ is is telling us and that is a bit, a bit of a change. It's not about opinions or ideas only. It is actually about obedience and action. Uh, we call it radical obedience in faith walking. And we are also called to be on mission with God in the world. We, we have a lot to say in faith walking about this, especially in the last modules, modules 5 and 6. Alignment with God is about reflecting what we see in Jesus, that the Utmost fulfillment is joining God in what God is doing in the world. And, and that doesn't mean that we need to stop, uh, you know, if we have a secular job, that we need to become part of the staff of a church or go on missions. No, it is being uh, awakened, allowing God to awaken us to the purpose. Whatever he is doing in my family, in my neighborhood, in my company where I'm working, I'm joining God in what he is doing. Thomas Merton, uh, they're going to give you the same thing in my mind is said in a different way by Thomas Merton. He talks about the stages of discovery of the true self. The first one, he says, is the understanding of self. He starts there. The second one is the understanding of God through contemplation, through discovering that God is everywhere. Always. And God suddenly grows and becomes far bigger in our lives and the third one he says understanding of others which takes the form of of compassion so there is a you know and it takes us away from us you know it's not only about self you know my true self my true self is gonna actually produce a fruit of compassion for others it takes me out of me to love and to serve others in a way this is a case for mission and vocation you don't have a clue what what is your vocation this is not about what is the best um, thing that uh, i can do you know i remember when i was young trying to think of vocation really what i was trying to think is how to pay the bills how to make it right how to be successful in life false self false self false self. right Protecting, being successful, and now I'm really uh, thinking, oh my gosh, I really want to, I, I want to be in the place place of least resistance, to be the person that God wants me to be. God, use me as You made me. Don't try, I don't try to be this or that. I want to be me. And I discovered, that I don't know, a lot of me. <laughs> you know, this is the, this is the communion with God. David Banner again. Our vocation is a call to serve God and our fellow humans in the distinctive way that fits the shape of our being. So you see, it's a connection between true self to the service of others. I think it's Robert Mac- Mac- Holland that says, you know, uh, spiritual formation uh, is being conformed to the image of Christ uh, for the sake of others. In one, I continue with David Venner, in one way or another, Christian calling will always involve the care of God's creation and people. This realigns us to the created world and to our neighbor, moving us from self-centered exploitation to self-sacrificing service and stewardship. And I will add, this is finding purpose in all we do, all we do not only ministry all we do and this promises fulfillment in who we are you see vocation is a complement of a true self let me finish last point quickly <clears throat> we're talking about finding an identity in god is also talking that we uh, we need to find an identity that we must choose to embrace so this is not only letting that identity uh, just be given completely I mean God has given it already but we have to choose it and this is work it's, it's, it, I, I like how it, when it puts this it's choosing our uniqueness you know <laughs> it's hard to choose my uniqueness sometimes I'm very ashamed of my uniqueness I think that my uniqueness is silly or bad or wrong there's a lot of shame there but when I, I choose my uniqueness with courage, remember this is not superhero courage, this is Jesus' courage, and humility, I discover that God called me to live in that uniqueness because he created that uniqueness in me. And I discovered that God meets me in that uniqueness. When I am me, and you know in, in the Bible, you might read how beautiful it is how God meets each person in a unique way. This is not about a template. is is in a unique way. And, and Moses in one way, and David in a different way. And you can keep going on and go on. God makes us unique and meets us in that uniqueness because it's a reflection of his glory. Owning our uniqueness is possible through I'm gonna use faith walking language, okay? I'm gonna connect in this with faith walking and what we do. This is not like a, a promotion of faith walking, but giving you a context because you have the experience of faith walking, right? So, is unique uh, choosing this uniqueness is possible too. first a life that creates a space for God, spiritual workout, reflective practices, what we are doing. You need to create a life that creates a space for God. It's also necessary that you have God-inspired declarations that are truth, instead of the meanings and the stories of our first formation. It is important when it happens, when when yourself, you you are a differentiated self, when you are choosing your uniqueness with courage and humility and you are connected to others. This is not about being unique and disconnected. It is also possible when, through Christ-centered guiding principles, which somehow become a, a little bit of a a declaration and articulation of your true self you know i see my true self in my guiding principles and it is uh it's possible this owning through an intentional joining god in god's mission in the world and this is an intentional and ongoing effort where is god at work what is the invitation of god this is for sure a lifelong journey and requires patience and compassion so this is not a project that we say okay this year I'm going to discover my my true self (laughs) thanks God that I have even the language to say that there is a true self and there is an alternative for me and I'm going to keep walking in this path Lord Jesus until you find me there so let me stop there and listen to your comments what are you present to
1: I'm thinking that even though this should be less work, if we have lived with our false self for a long
0: time, we're gonna to have to do some peeling away. Um, that's gonna take some effort. Yes. Yes, Julie. Unmasking the false self it feels risky. Yeah. That is work. Indeed, that's why i think that is not something that just happens in in, in a project like learning i'm gonna learn, learn french you know and
1: right
0: you can make a little to, i'm gonna get to a place where i'm comfortable with french or with german or whatever it is but this is a, a different kind of learning It's a becoming is is living a place, and you know it's really hard to come back to that place. Is faith, is trusting that that self <laughs> is good, is safe, is fulfilling. That takes time, and love, and patience. I believe God is patient with us. <laughs> we we need to learn to be patient with ourselves. Exactly.
1: I find helpful the concept that in one sense, it's something already complete, uh, and yet in another sense, it's becoming. So it's, it's sometimes hard for me to get my mind around that, but, but I, it, I think of it as living into the journey of living into the truth.
0: Thank you, soul. It's really good. It's one of those paradoxes, right? Uh, how, how do we put our minds around that, indeed? Yes, it's fully complete. It's given, 100%. Nothing is missing, and yet I'm not, I don't have access to it. Yeah, how do I learn? And That's why the, the learning word is helpful for me, too. I'm learning to live into that. Very good.
1: Um, a song came up in my mind. Um, I love the musical called Strike if anybody ever seen it. Um, and it's one point in now where Streck is an ogre and he's very offensive, uh, smelling bad, Uh, mean, um, unkind, because he's an open, he's just delivered by himself. But in one part of this um, musical, um, he explains himself, and he says, I'm like an onion. Um, And there's a lot of peeling away. Um, But that's how he explains himself, is he's an onion. And when you just mention that word of peeling away a false self, it made me think of that image that as God peels away my false self, it smells, <laughs> it's ugly, and it makes me cry uh, because um, that's the that's the, that self that I was living, and now that God is working on me, like I said, it's a life journey. He's peeling away all those things that um, are that's, just that's not good and not Christ-like. And yes, it's making me cry because it's a work, like you just mentioned. It's a work. It's a really deep, deep, deep work. And so, um, but at the same time that I'm crying, I'm looking at my myself now, and there's a joy because I'm I'm not that old self. I'm growing away from that old self. And you mentioned that in the um, in the uh, in the comments. Uh, I think that Thomas uh, said. Um, that I'm looking at my present self versus my old self, huh? and there's a joy in knowing my future self is going to be a lot better than what was. Yes. <laughs> and so that's what brings me joy that God sees fit to work on me yeah. and not leave yeah. me in my, my 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 past condition that I was in. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's great, now indeed and you you are voicing that pull the hope of the future self is the pull we need that pull we cannot do this work only on negative motivation i call it negative motivation okay look uh, look the impact of your false self you know okay 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 (laughs) but it won't work you need a pull you need positive motivation Hmm. Let, let me close with this um they start and probably some of you especially if you have been some time with faith walking you are familiar with a movie called the kid we use that movie, especially when we used to do uh, retreats uh, all the time, we would use the movie, we would watch it together. And it's, a, it's a movie, that uh, has a good content. You, you, can, you can see that it was uh, created by somebody who knew kind of the, the mind, you know, psychological aspects of that narrative and, and things. And it's Bruce Willis, so it's kind of a funny movie. It's getting old and older, but uh, Bruce Willis is very young in that movie. But um, there's one image at the end. Uh, that I think is a very good view for all of us, you know, and I, I'm going to probably spoil a little bit of the movie, but in the movie, there is a, a man who is 40 years old, right? And the movie, for these things of, of, of Disney, is the Disney movie, you know, uh, receives the visit of his eight years old self. So most of the movie is this relationship between the 40 year old with his own self, with this kid that is eight years old right and you can tell all the issues oh my gosh i don't like me and but eventually he befriends right this kid and uh things happen there's a good stuff i'm not gonna tell you about the movie but at the end of the movie the eight-year-old and the 40-year-old actually have an encounter with the i don't know 70-year-old 75-year-old self so it's the same person, but the three selves are the kid, the, the adult, and, and kind of the older. And they do it well in the movie, you know. I and mean, It's just Hollywood, but I think it kind of makes us taste a little bit of that. That 70-plus years old, the future self, true self, is wise. You can tell it has overcome. He flies uh, airplanes. So there's a sense of myself, oh my gosh, that is who I wanted to be. And I think that is the pull right I'm talking Hollywood, but just as an image. What God has for us, I, I think Christ becomes that, that, that vision. That faithfulness of Christ's head is your faithfulness, is the faithfulness that you will have. That love is your love that patient is your patience that seal is your seal that courage is your courage you name it right but i leave you with that picture julie
1: yeah well since i'm 69 i'm hoping that that older gentleman in the movie is more like 85 because i think it's going to take some time <laughs> for me to peel this all off
0: well yeah it's a good i don't know but what I can tell you is it would be perfect at the moment that it is, because it's something that God is doing. Okay? Thank you, friends. What a what a joy really is to talk about this these deep desires and real struggles, you know. Together. Let me voice this prayer for all of us and let you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. For more information about Faith Walking, visit www.faithwalking.us we want to remind you that faithwalking exists because of your financial support please consider giving at faithwalking.us/donate thank you for listening until i see the christ in you till i'm looking through the eyes of love I'm looking through the eye.